It's three for the price of one in our latest episode of Soundtracking as director Tom Harper, writer Nicole Taylor and actress Jessie Buckley join me to discuss their new film, Wild Rose. Set in Glasgow, Wild Rose tells the story of Rosalind Harlan, a troubled working class mother of two who dreams of becoming a country star in Nashville. With strong support from Julie Walters and Sophie Okanedo, it's a moving, bittersweet affair that never goes in quite the direction you're expecting. It also features plenty of music, some of which you'll recognise and some of which is totally original. Indeed, with the help of their music guru, Jack Arnold, Nicole and Jesse wrote several of the songs that appear in the movie, including this one, Robbing the Bank of Life. This is really such a treat, actually, because we're here to talk about Wild Rose, which I've been lucky enough to see twice. And it's a real thrill to have director Tom Harper here with us, writer Nicole Taylor. Uh, and welcome back to Soundtrack and Jesse Buckley. How are you all? Good? Nicole's very nervous. I don't know why you're nervous. Oh, Come on, it's fine. Don't be announcing that. <laughs> we know what you're we go way about. back as well. So come on, this is fine. Um, I've got to say congratulations, first of all, on this wonderful film. And, and being uh, a Scottish lass who liked to sing when she was younger as well, I kind of really related so much to, to this character and that whole thing of the pool of staying where you are and the pool of, of leaving and following your dreams. It's it's an extraordinary thing and an extraordinarily powerful thing, I think, as well. Um, that I definitely experienced as a, a, a young girl growing up in a little fishing village in Scotland as well so I think a lot of people are going to find themselves in this character which is is beautiful. Nicole can we start off by finding out where the story came from and, and when you had the idea and where it came, where the idea came from? The idea came from the fact that I'm a massive country music fan and since I was 12 or 13 it's basically all I've been interested in and when I was supposed to be going out watching Take That and East 17 or even <laughs> Oasis and Blur I had no interest I was at home watching CMT country music television I was out at you know Glasgow Royal Concert Hall seeing Reba McIntyre when all my pals were you know going to boy bands and stuff it's just it just got me so early wow. and uh, I was just dead into Garth Brooks and Lyle Lovett and it's just it was my passion then it's my passion now and 10 years ago I had this idea about a girl from Glasgow who wants to get the hell of it hell out of there and make it to Nashville as a country singer I knew the character she was chatting away to me from the get-go I didn't know her story yet but I just knew I had to write it It was burning in me and uh, yeah it took a minute but about nearly 10 years ago now I first had the idea it's a part of you that's hard in terms of performing side of things no, I can't sing at all. <laughs> and when we were doing a bit of songwriting together, me, Jesse, and a couple of other people, um, it was it was funny because I'd never I, n- I never sang, I never sang, and I could tell they were thinking, oh, she's just going to sing any day now. She's going to sing, and she's going to be amazing. <laughs> gonna be and a- then finally, <laughs> after a few sessions, I sang along to one line. It's just absolute silence. No, it was unbelievable. It? People couldn't believe it. That. I, wasn't, I wasn't joking. I can't sing. I'm not musical at all. Not at all. I don't know where this thing comes from. I think it's just purely emotional for me. It's just... The stories. 
I think it's everything. It's the music as well as the stories. I think as well, and you might relate to this being Scottish, Scots aren't very good at talking about their feelings. And for me growing up, country music was the antidote to that kind of emotional repression Mm -hmm. where everyone's pretending to be perfect and there's nothing wrong because country music is obviously about real things. And I feel like I discovered in that the existence of a range of emotions that otherwise weren't kind of being represented in my daily life. And it's just everything to me then and now. It really still is my absolute passion. And whatever I'm writing, there's a country music playlist for it. And whatever I'm feeling, there's a country music playlist for it. I honestly think I've got a kind of synesthesia where I just feel things in country music. I don't know what I'm feeling until I've found the, the, the piece of country music. So you could say this is coming from quite an impassioned place. Possessed. Can you remember the first or what it was about country music that you initially connected with as a kid? I can. I saw the Country Music Association Awards in the middle of the night once on BBC Two and Mary Chapin Carpenter was singing He Thinks He'll Keep Her. And I just fell in love with that song and I just thought, wow, this is this three and a half minute song that's talking about disappointing marriage, emotional stagnation, escape. It was like a three minute movie, as Garth Brooks says. It just was all of life was represented there. And I sort of had never heard songs that were able to have that reach before. And that was it. She makes his coffee. She makes his bed. She does the laundry. She keeps him fed. When she was 21, she wore her mother's legs. for a long time is that right you Nicole Tom or did you we have actually um we sort of I guess grown up in the industry together we always bumped into each other at various events and and we always I don't know we were always pleased to see each other (laughs) speak for yourself (laughs) that's good isn't it I love it first Um, time (laughs) we always kind of wanted to work together didn't we yeah Um, so how, how come this was the right project that that ended up happening Someone had told, I mean, I'd heard about the project for a while. I'd heard, like, various people had been... I'd heard good things about about it from various different people. And then I was just having a cup of tea with the producer, Faye Ward, um, and she said, oh, I've got this script that... Um, um, I think they just had a hiccup in the production process and lost a director or, or something, and she said she wasn't quite sure what to, what her next move was going to be. And I said, well, could I read it? Because I felt it's really good, and, you know, and I'd really like to find the right next thing. And um, then just within about ten pages... I, or less probably. Well, the first thing that happened is I started reading it and within about three lines, I was like, oh, 
there's a person that I think would be perfect for this. <laughs> that was Jesse. And then the more I read, the more it just completely absorbed me and the more I realised I had to do it and the more I couldn't get Jesse out of my mind as Rosalind, main character. And then I just called up Faye and I said, Faye, you've got to let me let me do this. And then I met Nicole and we started talking and, and then it snowballed from there. And what's your, have you got a relationship with country music? Not particularly, but I've always listened. And I'd actually, at the time, I'd just come back from Texas as well, so I'd had country music on my mind. And um, I've always followed it a little bit, but not nothing like the same kind of extreme lengths that Nicole but I've also I've also also always wanted to make a a musical film. I've uh, I was always in a band when I was various bands when I was younger and uh, but I was always what kind always of band? Jazz, funk, soul stuff. All the genres. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> what did but you play? Bass. But okay. I was always like the worst in the band. <laughs> so, so I realised I had to find something else, uh, some other artistic out, outlet. So that's what took me to film really. It's um, such a it's such an interesting film because you describe it as a musical film and there is so much music in the film and the music is such at the heart of it and her story and, and your performance Jesse and the live performances that you do but how did that how did it go from you coming on board and Nicole you guys co-wrote music together so at what point did that start happening and knowing how much music was going to be actually threaded throughout the film and performances and that was that something that was already on the page or, or what was the kind of process that took? A lot of the tracks in the film I wrote into the script and usually when it comes to making it, they're the first things to go. But the song choices were so particular to the character because she's so incoherent to herself and so unable to express herself through any other means other than song. So the specific song that she would choose in the moment of the scene felt very important and brilliantly Tom was super up for just going with those with those tracks. And Sometimes it was hard to get those tracks, but I ended up writing a lot of personal letters to artists explaining the truth, <laughs> which you? is in many cases, you know, just what I told you, you know, I've grown up listening to you. I love you. <laughs> I've seen you everywhere in Glasgow and everywhere in London. And, you know, not one person said no to us. And so that was really amazing. Wow. And other other songs came when Jesse and Jack Arnold, the um, music guru of the film, um, got together and just figured out what Jesse wanted to sing and I'm yeah. so glad because mm-hmm. that added a whole other musical layer to the film that I, I wasn't even aware of basically the cooler side of country music well, came no, from Jesse. I had absolutely like no relationship to country before this happened so I was coming in a, like with a blank canvas and going Nicole please send me everything that you know and we kind of would all bottle up to this shed in North London every two weeks I was in Belfast at the time and I was coming over and meeting all these amazing musicians like Neil McCall and Jack and we were like it was growing from the inside out and they were teaching me how to do country by just singing country and yeah it felt really I don't know, like something was being born with all of us. And then from right, like, and then from creating the band out of that, which then we're all making all the performances live and then going on to like write stuff that ended up in the film was just like none of it felt planned, but it all just happened. Like in every little one was just a little gift of kind of, yeah. Did the music that Nicole had kind of handpicked as as part of the script help you find her as a character? Because within those lyrics of those songs, there's obviously what you were saying about, you know, not being able to say how you feel within those songs. Those are saying a lot of things that she's feeling that she can't say. So did that help you a lot in that way? Yeah, absolutely. Like things like Peace in This House. I remember like when we were shooting at that day, that's quite early on in the film and her relationship with her children is 
quite separate, you know, for her. It's black and white and mm. everything that she, I felt like when we were shooting it, everything that she wants to say to her kids is being said and how she's singing it and she's imagining their life together in this song and how she would express herself to them. Hey kids, turn off the TV. No, I don't want to watch the evening news. Just come on over here and sit down next to me. Let your mama look at you and you and you. Your beautiful faces And I want to keep safe As long as I can I'm telling you right now It's gonna be peace in this house It's gonna be peace in this house Gonna be some tender talking And some sweet The somethings we can live without. It's gonna be peace in this house. Some belief in this house. Every good thing that ever happens happens from the inside out. I'm telling you. Gonna be peace in this house. Mm-hmm. It was fun shooting that song because we had um, Neil McCall yeah. shooting as been. Uh, it was like all live, set, like everything. all the musicians were in the other room and so wow. it was really uh, intimate, like that intimacy and actually yeah. recording the stuff live like that. And and it felt, uh, yeah, really alive because that it was just there. Yeah. Why was it important for you to shoot it like that in terms of to, to have that there, you know, in terms of the live element? Because the easy option would be to have Jesse in the studio and have it recorded and then, you know, I think it's because it felt so, you know, going back to the script, it felt so, so important to the character that... Um, all her emotions were so uh, connected with the music that therefore the performance felt so connected to the music and therefore whatever, I think Jesse and I worked on this together and just decided this together, that the acting performance was inextricably yeah, yeah. linked to the musical performance, the singing, and it you couldn't f- separate them too. No, so to, yeah, to, exactly. deci- to predetermine what the emotion of the, of the voice was before we were coming onto set to do it seemed wrong because it was much more fluid totally. than that. Like it would have been impossible to capture the energy of Outlaw State of Mind if we'd recorded it before we recorded it on that day because like literally on that day when we shot Outlaw State of Mind nobody knew what was going to happen and we Mayhem. literally that's what happened literally Mayhem. the, the, the like focus puller was like took me out. <laughs> he was sliding between people's legs because <laughs> Buckley decided to do something completely unplanned, dived off the stage, started like writhing around on the floor. I think I did the worm. I think I did the worm. (laughs) That didn't make the cut, thank God. We'll leave that for another (laughs) one. There's quite a few moments here like that.
imagine that you've written Come to Life through Jesse's performance. I'm imagining you were on, were you on set quite a lot? Were you there? Oh, through the they couldn't process? get rid of me. Can you imagine? <laughs> I had no purpose. But Tom was so generous that there was uh, tipping up on a, you know, I went as often as, as yeah. I could. And we, we had a little baby at the time and he came on to set as oh, well. Man. And oh, it was amazing. And it was ecstatic, actually, that scene that you were describing about Outlaw's State of Mind. I mean, all the extras they just went for it. Oh it really God. felt real. It and we had like it was real. It was yeah. like, and there were some of the um, women that we'd met up in Mary Hill when we were shooting on the estate, and they were so like, this is what I love about Glasgow. Like, I came to set one day, and it was the only sunny day we'd had in Glasgow, and they were all like outside rubbing butter on themselves and <laughs> iron brewing vodka tapped on. Like, oh, I love your cowboy boots. Come over here and have a drink. I was like. I've got to go to work and anyway we came into work and they had a tray of donuts for the whole crew and a bottle of gin and a bottle of tonic for me so I felt it was only right that I invited them down to Outlaw State of Mind <laughs> and they came down they were up in the rafters having a whale of a time definitely still holding tight to the gin and tonic <laughs> but that energy was like that was and all the little like the Glasgow characters that yeah. were there Everybody felt like they just, they got it drunk by the energy that was in that room that day. And everybody, you know, it was a long day shoot and it requires a lot of energy to keep going in that yeah. space. But everybody just gave it everything they could and, oh, loved it. Give us a little, um, a wee snap of your Scottish accent, which is, I'm going to swear, fucking brilliant. <laughs> Top drawer, it's isn't it? So, it's so good. good. You've absolutely nailed it. I mean, it's brilliant for people who, for somebody who might be watching this film and it's the first thing that they've seen you in, they're going to think that you're you're from Glasgow because it's absolutely amazing. How did you do it? Uh, with a lot of fear at first. It's <laughs> been surrounded by Glaswegians the entire time. I worked with this amazing dialect coach for about three, four months beforehand, Caroline Crawford. And then, well, I, we were kind of up in Glasgow a month or so before we started shooting. And so I would just kind of irreverently go around to different news agents asking for stuff in Glasgow accent, going, were they Hood and Jay finally catch me out? <laughs> Yeah. You're no from here, love. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can, we, can we talk a little bit about the, the writing process between the two of you and, and working with Jack and how that worked? I mean, talk me through a writing session. Or oh, the songwriting. Yeah. I think it started because we realised that we wanted Rose Lynn to have a, a, continue to have a voice after the end of the film. Yeah. Mm. And that there was an opportunity to use some of, some of that music and then fold it back into the film. Yeah. Um, and so it actually if I remember rightly, started with you writing a sort of a little 
short the Green document Hotel. about what happened to Did you Rosa write that? Next. Was that the first song you wrote? I was told to write a brief for Nashville songwriters um, to pitch us songs all the while being desperate to have a wee go myself. Um, and I embedded in that document a sort of sample phrase for a country song covered in regret about a woman who's had a ton of tattoos and it, no explanation necessary. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, that idea got fished out by the producer over here, Ian Brown, this wicked guy who's helped us with the soundtrack. And he was like, right, come on, you, Jesse, get in the room. Let's get going. Never mind, you know, going off to Nashville just now. Let's just see what you can do. And then... Every couple of Fridays for about six to nine yeah. months, we were just round at mine, my wee boy sitting on Jessie's knee mm. as she sang, and just we were just dicking around. But because Jessie yeah. and I know the character so well, we knew exactly <laughs> what she would sing about, where she would be after at, the, after the for, end of the film yeah. if she'd had the opportunity to write her own material. So it was a way for us to keep the character alive because we basically weren't ready to let go no, of her, were we? we're still... Well, I'm, I'm <laughs> clinging on for dear life. Did anyone need to do a gig? Okay. <laughs> so it's just great fun at first, but think about six of the tracks are in the film. Yeah. That's amazing. I'm not over you But you're all over me My body's a book never You left your mark Tell me where it's in Bruised but not broken Wish I could shed this skin I got your name on my heart in a ring of Jack before obviously Tom he was actually in uh, one of the bands I was in when I was younger <laughs> that I wasn't very good in <laughs> that's right but I love that that, that relationship's obviously you know it's, it's shifted into a, a, a continuation but it's something different that you can both be creative and work together still it's brilliant yeah it's exactly. lovely yeah it's really nice I've worked with Jack on many projects over the years yeah. and we'll continue to do so it's a real great collaboration he's a and so with, with this project what were what were the conversations you had with him about I mean the different uses and needs of the music throughout the film and how what he would do would kind of tie and, and fit in with all those. I think it was sort of um, the wonderful thing about when you know someone really well and you collaborate with them often is you sort of really trust each other and you are you can be open to how things evolve and change and it felt like that was one of the real strengths of the music. We, we, we clearly had this kind of this strong template, um, cold script from which to work but then it did continually evolve and change and adapt and morph as we as we went through and what was lovely about it was having such a great band, having Jesse kind of at the centre of that and having Jack kind of providing all the support and um, and in, in constructing it in, in a way that we were able to be responsive to each other, be 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 open to kind of new ideas, and to let that let that kind of the the essence of the of the character mm-hmm. and of the music sort of come 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 through. And part of that was doing it live, obviously, and being and um, and all the the songs within the film um, were recorded as we did them. Um, Does that add a, a kind of pressure to you as a director? Have you ever done that before? In terms of, I imagine it's quite a, not a tricky thing to do, but 
it obviously gives you more real emotion and real reaction and stuff but in terms of the the actual kind of physicality of it is quite a tricky thing to, to get. I mean, I think it's probably harder for, for Jack and, and certainly taxing on Jesse and, and, and the band. For me, it, it seems to make so much sense in terms of what we were doing that actually there, there was never any other there was never any other option, really. Yeah. And it means that what you see is what you, and what you hear is what you get. Mm. Um, and that's there's having just worked in a film which is all blue screen, predominantly blue screen. There is something really lovely being able to respond directly to, to the kind of the smells and the and the textures and the kind of the the feelings of of your immediate environment. And I think that really, I think you can feel that in the film, and yeah. I think you can hear it in the music. And it's of the film. De- definitely something we held on to about like this is a raw character, you know, and we we never want to clean her up or like make her be perfect mm-hmm. or if anything, little moments which were vulnerable were like gifts that kind of um, real as well. Yeah, really real. And those She's imperfections so, are yeah. made, what, what make it beautiful. Yeah. Know? I love the fact that you wrote letters to everybody to ask for clearance on, on their music. Who were you most nervous about writing to? I enjoyed it. Yeah, and that's what I, I spent my whole teenage years doing. So it was great to get. It was great to just get back in that mode. I really enjoyed writing to Casey Musgraves because I'd seen her um, when she first came over here doing yeah. a gig at Bush Hall, and there was hardly anyone there, and it was amazing. And you could just tell this woman's going to go off. And then I saw her a few years later at the Royal Albert Hall, and then it was just so nice to be able to honestly say, "It's brilliant what you've done, and I've been oh. following you for so long." So. Oh no, it wasn't a chore. What a lovely thing to kind of to tell your teenage self. Do you know I mean that you've done this thing that you've been a fan of for so long to actually not give back in a way, but to celebrate it in this film? That's honestly how I feel. I'm enjoying every second of it because it means everything to me. And also, I've been going to country gigs by myself for 20 years. <laughs> 20 years. I've been buying two seats. One's empty every time. Oh, I haven't even been, hardly ever been able to get these. Tom's, I've never got him once. Jesse's. No, you keep, have. have I? Yeah, we went to the um, World Festival Hall. Oh, I'm so yeah. sorry. Tom came once. Jesse's come once. But usually I'm on a Who solo mission. See? We went to transatlantic sessions, didn't we? we? Did, yeah. And then we went to see Ashley McBride, who's also in the film. But now I feel like through this film, I'm going to meet other country fans. <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> the country music's this amazing entity in that people have this opinion of what it is and and who listens to country music. It's a phenomenon around the world. I was reading a fact recently about it's the most popular music genre in Africa. Yeah, wow, it's un- I didn't know that. Oh my There's God. an amazing following of country music in Africa. So you need to get across there with the film and Africa. get a stick. <laughs> but I think it is about the storytelling. That's what it, yeah. it is. It's about the honesty and the truth behind the stories. That it resonates with people. It's yeah, it's amazing. I was I was up the road um, at my mum's last week, and there's this brilliant story about Johnny Cash, who has a connection with the little area that I'm from, the East Nuka Fife, and he had a relative who's actually from that part of the world. Mm. And he was on a plane with someone and his, and he got ch- talking to this man. Anyway, this is where the revelation came out. So then for the next three years, him and his son came across to the East Nuka Fife every year and did a little show in the church in St Monan's. And there's this amazing oh. footage of Johnny Cash sat on the end of the pier with his son, um, who's about 10, making him sing the wee Cooper of Fife. Once there was a wee Cooper of Fife he had gotten a gentle wife. Hey, Willie hey, John She would not cook and she would not spin. Inspiring of her gentle kin. Hey, Willie hey, John Took her out to his wood shack, nickety knockety, no, no, no. 
placed his sheepskin upon her back. Hey, Willy Wallaki, hey, John Googly, Langaroo, Shadin, Said I would not whoop the Persian token, Nickety Nockety, Said I was with my own sheepskin. Hey, Willy Wallaki, hey, John Googly, Langaroo, Shadin, so if you do have a gentle wife, nickety knockety no then send ye for the wee cooper of five. Hey, Willy Wallaki, hey, John Dougaly, Langaroochity, no, no, no. It's crazy. It's like, you know, from someone like Johnny Cash's music, obviously, resonating, but then almost that kind of reverse thing yeah. of him feeling the need to connect yeah. to to kind of to his roots and real people and stuff. And I think there's, there's this kind of life cycle of, of country music, I think is what I'm trying to get Absolutely. across. Absolutely, the connections between Scottish and Irish music and American country music, I think we they're just so, run so deep. I think yeah. that's why Glasgow region people feel that it's their own music, even if they've never yeah. been to, to Nashville or anything. There's that common sort of language really through music and I think that's why all these amazing people in the 90s came over and I got to see them like Garth Brooks and all them because they wanted to explore the Scottish and Irish thing mm. as well yeah I'm assuming you've been to Nashville a number yeah. of times did you go for the where did you do this shoot was the shoot in Nashville yeah was it amazing to be there was it yeah. Yeah. Jesse's <laughs> wee face. <laughs> well, we nearly didn't make it because our visas got lost like the week we were meant to go. And so the whole thing was put on hold. So then it felt. Yeah. And then we did make it. We nearly didn't get into the Grand Ole Opry as well. But they, the some, some of Nicole's letters came in handy. Yeah. How come? Because they didn't fancy us until I wrote of my yearning <laughs> to see it and be there and uh, they changed their mind I wish you'd brought one of these letters whether you could have read to us <laughs> read for the podcast just to, to let have you got them have amazing you persuasion any of them? no no they come from the heart oh my god come, yeah just picking up where I left off age 14 it was just and were the actual in. physical letters and not emails ooh I think they were physical letters I love that that's yeah. even better yeah I've got to Something. say, it's also due to our mate, the other part of the um, massive part of the team, Faye Ward. Who's oh, yeah, not let's not forget. Faye Ward, super producer. Yeah. During those 10 lonely years before Tom arrived and just lit the touch paper and actually got the thing made, it was just me and Faye plugging away. And Listen Faye has country been, music. Um, no, Faye can't stand country music. <laughs> yeah, Faye's, no, I'm sorry, Faye's never been to a gig, but I don't care. She's stuck with me through thick and thin because don't forget, country music, until recently, was the love that don't speak its name. It was the cheesiest, uncoolest thing and nobody liked it you know it was before Taylor Swift that we were trying to get this made mm. and Faye was there indefatigable Faye yeah Faye Ward people should just assume that country music is achy breaky heart there's a lot more to country <laughs> yeah. music than achy breaky heart for you though Jesse, I know that, that music's been such an important part for you you know as, as an artist but also kind of personally but to get the opportunity within a part to combine those things of, of playing a great character with great depth great story but with music being part of that performance as well must well, how, how does that feel to kind of have the opportunity oh my god it's like a gift I honestly can't believe it and I can't believe I'm I'm continuously inspired by what it's given me and feel like I've I've changed because of this woman and I've changed because of this music and the truth that is in Nicole's writing 
and Tom's directing and the stories that are in that music and the way the musicians have like pushed me to um that's the amazing thing about country music is that actually it's so simple and the stories are so humane and it's a very simple music but you can't fight it because it has a it has a way of like really like getting inside you and you don't really know what's happened and all of a sudden you're kind of gone on a journey with it and either in a heap in the corner reflecting on all the things that you've lost out in your life or pure delight with yourself and up on a stage gyrating (laughs) 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 like a mad woman was it the tattoo says three was it three chords in the the truth yeah but yeah I feel incredibly lucky to have found this thing in my life Mm. And like you say, there's life after it as well in terms of the music that you've recorded that's been released and... Yeah. And even the other day we reconnected with the band and just did a rehearsal day and, you know, we're doing new music and we want to write more music and we want to go and gig with that. And every time we we come back together, it just keeps growing. Like this thing keeps having a life of its own and um, it's so exciting. Mm. Virginia tobacco rises up from the docks. They roll it in tip-dead box upon box. Well, it's five o'clock, freedom, and the whistle would blow. The gates would burst open and the river would flow. Lit up like matches to that dance hall they go. Where are the factory girls of Cigarette Row? It's a great version of um, Primal Scream's Country Girl as well as part of the film. That's amazing. Is that fun to do? Out yeah. today. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Funny to say that. <laughs> yeah, that's just a riot. Like, yeah. that. it just gives you totally. license to be. That's what was so fun. It just gave you license to be as naughty as you wanted to be. Country girl, take my hand, lead me through this disease land. I am tired.
photos as your mum. I mean, that's a good day turning up at work, isn't it? It's like, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's good. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, that's all right. I just think she's amazing. Is she? she what's she like to work with? Nightmare. No. no. <laughs> <laughs> Always bloody singing. <laughs> no, she's amazing. She's so, like, down to earth and grounded and wants... It makes it just really easy because you just feel like she's going to stand in front of you and tell you how she feels. <laughs> yeah. Um, and there's doesn't feel like it comes from ego or anything, but just want, you know, it's it all coming from the right place. No one does undigested emotion like Julie Walters. She needs no dialogue. Mm. You know exactly what she's feeling. And for me, like some of the most, my favourite moments of cinema feature her not speaking, but you just know exactly what's yeah. going on and all that maelstrom of emotion under mm. the surface. I'm going to ask you all to pick your favourite piece of music from the film. Who wants to go first? Oh, no one. <laughs> I think it's a piece in this house for me. Why? It's so emotional and it sort of gets under the skin of the character in, in a sort of surprising way and it sort of comes from this other emotional, transcendental place and seeps into the narrative. Mm. Nicole? I think I'll have to say the same. Piece in this house. Did I tell you today that I love you? You're the reason for everything I do Sometimes I think The only hope for this world Is my loving you And you and you So let's all be patient Let's all play nice Cause everyone's gonna get Get a little slice of this pie it's gonna be peace in this house It's gonna be peace in this house Gonna be some tender talking And some sweet little nothings that Add up to the somethings we can't live without It's gonna be peace in this house Mine is Angel from Montgomery. Why? Tom introduced me to that like before we started shooting and it was like for me Bonnie was Bonnie Ray it was like a huge well I just fell in love with her and I fell in love with like her womanhood and her I feel like her like her voice is fractured and has life in it and and I just think the story is uh, really honest <laughs> about you know I suppose what in ways, also what Rosalind's story could have been. You know, it's a story about a woman who's sitting in her kitchen as an old woman looking back at the life that she didn't live. I love it. Every time I hear it, every time I sing it, I feel like I can go someplace. I am an old woman Named after my mother My old man is another Child that's grown old Dreams were lightning Thunder was desire This old house would have burnt down A long time ago Make me an angel That flies from Hong 
I'm really hoping that you're going to play at some festivals this summer. Me I too. How fun <laughs> would that be? <laughs> I spend my life at music festivals. And, oh my, it would be so much joy to go, okay, I'm going to go across to the pyramid stage right now with Jesse, but that would be amazing. Oh my, I've never been to Glastonbury and if my what? first experience is me performing, I might actually look like just give up. Flipping have to. I hope you're speaking to them. I hope someone's speaking to them about I know, I've it. Just, I've put it on there now. Because <laughs> if not, I'm texting Emily, Emily Evis now when you need to get her on stage. That would be amazing. Yeah, it would be fun. Because there is, it feels like there is, this, it's kind of this wonderful thing where there's life for this character through this music after this film. Yeah. Sequel, Nicole? <laughs> <laughs> We're hitching Julie up to with a cowboy. <laughs> We're going to Africa. You just told me the cowboy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The, <laughs> the tribe just pitched out <laughs> the sequel. <laughs> oh, amazing. Listen, thanks so much for your time. Aww. It's just, it's really lovely to hear the, the kind of stories of, of, you know, of everybody's roles and how they interconnect and, you know, the kind of communication between you all as well. And, and congratulations on the film. It is absolutely brilliant. It's great to chat to you all. Thanks so much. Cheers. Thanks. Thank you. <laughs> I've worn out the stones in front of your doorstep Coming and going, coming and going You kept the lights on, I always knew that should have said thank you a thousand miles ago but I pushed you away put a pen in a map then I got lost in the storm had to find my way make my own mistake but you know that I had to go Ain't no yellow brick road Running through Glasgow But I found one that's stronger than stone Ain't no place like home Ain't no place like of dreams hid under my bed follow the bright light city of gold I had to leave to realize all I needed was here oh, we both know that there's nothing that a little time and Patsy Cline
from Wildrose, that's Glasgow, no place like home. Performed by Jesse Buckley, rounding off this latest episode of Soundtracking with Jesse, Nicole Taylor, and Tom Harper. My huge thanks to the three of them for taking the time to talk to us. Wild Rose is on general release in UK cinemas now with the soundtrack available via Universal Music. I encourage you to seek out both immediately. Now we'll put a Spotify playlist up for the show at edithbowman.com where you can also catch up with all of our previous episodes. Fans of country music might enjoy the episode with Walk the Line director James Mangold who has some lovely stories about the great Johnny Cash. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. We are at Soundtracking UK and do keep spreading the word if you like what you hear. Next week, we speak to music engineer and producer Jake Jackson, who goes into great detail about working with Nick Cave and Warren Ellis on their compositions. I very much look forward to the pleasure of your company then. 